0: This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. This episode, I share with you some ideas about what you might expect for the astrology of 2021, the Saturn-Uranus square, which will be active all year, Saturn and Aquarius square, Uranus and Taurus. The audio that you're about to listen to was uploaded to YouTube the other day on my channel, Sabrina Monarch, so that's why you'll hear me say YouTube things. Um, You can find the weekly forecasts that I write at monarchastrology.com as well as YouTube, as well as here on the podcast. And this week, um, instead of writing about the weekly transits, I looked at this overarching 2021 characterizing transit so that you can have some things to meditate on for the year ahead. Um, So with that, let's just get into it. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com. And instead of bringing you the weekly forecast, which I normally would for the week of, let's see, what week would this have been? It would have been December 30th to January 5th. So instead of talking to you about that week, I'm actually going to get into... A significant transit of 2021, the Saturn Uranus square, Saturn and Aquarius, Uranus and Taurus, and they will be in a square aspect within orb. So within a sufficient degree amount um, that it's considered an active aspect for the entirety of 2021, making it like a signature transit of the upcoming year, similar to how 2020 was characterized by the Saturn-Pluto transit. And if you don't know about that yet, I'll leave a link in the notes to um, an article that I wrote, you know, in September of like 2019, um, about 2020, and you'll see some of the um, themes from a higher perspective, from an astrological perspective of what this Saturn Pluto zeitgeist was all about. But now we have Saturn separating from this Pluto transit, and you know, Saturn Pluto transits do bring change that takes time to kind of work itself out. So the pandemic, for example, you know, it's still having lasting effects. Um, It was a big event is a big event. Um, So it's not just like because the Saturn Pluto transit is separating that, you know, the effects of the transit are over, but we are moving more into a Saturn Uranus active period. So I want to talk to you about what that will be like, um, specifically from the perspective of living into this transit. So how does it influence you in your personal life? Um, I'm not going to be speaking as much to collective global political or like worldly trends with this transit, um, just a little bit, you know, but that's not really um, my specialty here. I'm really into the human condition, psychology, personal development, um, and the transits are all encompassing. They influence every area of life. So I'm going to apply what these transits um, mean or are offering into these areas of life um, that I like to specialize in. So before we get started, a few announcements. Um please like this video, Uh, leave a comment as you're watching and let me know what resonates with you and what you're um, perhaps looking forward to with this transit. Um, Go ahead and subscribe to this channel and click the notification bell so that you know when new videos come out. Um, If you've been watching these videos or if you're new here, Um, do find me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. And I'll also leave a link to my mailing list in the notes. It's a great way to stay in touch with me. You'll be the first to know in my astrology readings. Um, my books open for that. You'll also be updated about upcoming courses that I'm teaching. Now, if you're watching this video around the time of it coming out, um, and who knows, you could be watching out into the future because Saturn Uranus is going to be a year-long transit. So I hope that, you know, we'll be continuing to talk about this, but the next evolutionary astrology intensive that I teach is coming up January 11th and it goes till April 21 of 2021. Um, this is my signature course offering. I, offer the foundations to understanding evolutionary astrology, which is a Pluto and lunar node focused astrology. It is a modern psychological, soulful, karmic branch of astrology that gets into your past lives. What have you brought into this incarnation from the past and what is your purpose? Why are you here? Um, what is the deeper underlying nature of why you have had the experiences that you've had, or, you know, what's, the underlying reason behind your desires. Um, So in addition to being an amazing, you know, way to read charts, um, and I have students who are new, like pretty new to astrology, I have students that, you know, understand maybe how to understand like planets, understand how to understand, they know how to interpret like a planet in a house. But when it comes to putting that in aspect or reading the chart as a whole, they're not totally sure how to do that yet. So really we're going to be strengthening, you know, your chart interpretation skills from the ground up in a structured way. Um, but I also really, you know, value the intuition and honing the archetypal eye, learning how to connect to all these archetypes so that you can source your own interpretations. That's what's really important to me. So in addition to being an amazing form of astrology and a way to understand your chart and other people's charts so much better, um, this is also a wisdom school. The way that evolutionary astrology approaches all of the signs and planets and um, the you know metaphysical qualities to these things is just really deep and profound. Um, and I've been in love with this form of astrology since 2012. So I would love to have you. I'll leave the link in the notes um, and you can learn more, read student testimonials and enroll there. Meteorite is also coming up. It begins January 31st. And this is a nine month level two training for alumni of the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive. And we will be getting deeper into transit astrology. So learning how to track transits, both world and personal. Um, We'll be getting into the asteroids, into Chiron, the asteroid goddesses, we'll be getting into synastry. And the purpose of this program is really to embody your voice and your practice as an astrologer further, bringing astrology into your daily life, strengthening your chart and your transit delineation skills. And the course will culminate in a creative, like an independent creative project that everyone gets to present at the end. So if you want to learn more about Meteorite, I'm also linking the um, course page in the notes. So that's uh, that for announcements. I'll leave the link to my astrology astrology readings, but my readings uh, tend to be closed for the most part these days, and I open it up cyclically. Um, so getting on my mailing list is the best way to find out when I'm offering that again. So let's talk about this Saturn Uranus square. I'm going to um, you know, look at my notes, but actually I want to show you um, a visual for this. So this is this moment right now. Um, we'll catch up in time. So we have Uranus in Taurus and Saturn in Aquarius right now. And you can see one degrees, six degrees. They're already pretty close to an exact square. And if we just go forward month after month after month this year, you can see that they never really get out of orb. They stay pretty close. We would give them 10 degrees typically. So this makes it, you know, a defining transit of this year essentially. Like this is a an aspect that we're just going to become friends with over the year. It's not going away. So how can we relate to it? That's what I want to talk to you about. There's two exact hits of this transit. We'll have February 17th of 2021 and December 23rd of 2021, but for the rest of the year, they just kind of hover very close to that exact square. So to get into the nature of this square, I just want to talk about each placement individually for a moment, and then we'll talk about what happens when they come together. So for Saturn and Aquarius, as we've discussed in prior videos or forecasts, and I'll leave the links to those as well, um, most recently, there was the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius, and that has a lot of information in it, if that's something that you want to watch next to get to know this Saturn placement better. Um, But I see Saturn and Aquarius as relating to our mental discipline and the frequencies that we entertain. The way that I see Aquarius is like the higher airwaves. It's a fixed air sign. So I think about the radio stations that are in the air right now, like they're in the room and we're not picking up on them because we're not uh, radios. However, there are collective thought forms that float through the air um, and we can pick up on those. Um this might be whether or not we consider ourselves particularly psychic or sensitive, like we're, we're tuned into these frequencies together. Um, the more psychic you are, it's kind of like knowing when someone's about to contact you just before your phone lights up, like you felt that frequency coming in. This is about channeling and downloads. So when you get a transmission or you get a eureka moment or an epiphany, Aquarius is this electric air sign. It's the way that when you are by running water, um, such as in the shower that you get all these ideas, right? Like running water conducts electricity. Aquarius is an air sign, not a water sign, but it is related. Um, it's character mascot is the water bearer. It's this pouring out of knowledge or wisdom and Aquarius, you know, we like to think of it as this very progressive futuristic sign, and it definitely has that quality, but it also can be very, um, stubborn. It's a fixed sign and it can be completely kind of like locked into a particular matrix framework of like, this is how reality should be. And it can become dogmatic in that kind of way, or a way that I teach it um, is thinking about um, you know, you can either be tapped into the the radical electric future, you know, this um, deep authenticity, right? Um, you can also be really tapped into a particular moment in time. Like there was someone that I followed um, on Tumblr years back who was like his aesthetic was like 1800s writer typewriter, like from the past kind of energy. And he even like dressed that way. And it's like, he was really tuned into that time period and that frequency. So these frequencies can be, um, collective ones. Like it can be, um, group think. And that's something that we'll, we'll think about with Saturn and Aquarius. Um, it can also be like your own personal channels. So let's say that you have, you know, Aquarius really relates to trauma in evolutionary astrology specifically. Um you may have had, you know, some we've all had unfortunate things happen in our lives, right? So thinking about the way that those events impacted you, had you feeling at the moment, the stories that you built around it, um, like a breakup and you were like, I'm not lovable. And there's like a whole kind of thought cloud or like a program um, with that moment in time, that's a channel that you can tune into. Um, another one that you might think about is like, you know, when you have something really exciting, like a tangible event that's coming up and you're just so excited, you have, you know, you're expecting great things. You can hardly wait to get out of bed. Like you're just stoked that, is also like a frequency. And we might think that we need a, a physical event to trigger that emotion. But when we become really masterful with our intellectual and kind of thought frequencies, we can put these things on at will. Um, we can decide to anticipate, you know, this is going to be a really exciting year. This is an exciting day. We can get in a frame of mind and actually participate in reality from that matrix, you know, and then we also have these mental ruts that we get stuck into that have consequences. Right. So like, um, if we think we are too much, like if we talk about our feelings, that it's like, it's just too much. It's like, uh, like gross, too vulnerable, whatever. Like we have this kind of aversion to, um, connecting, then let's say something is welling up within us and we want to talk to someone about it. The way that we're going to approach that person is like all kind of pent up with that energy versus someone who has a thought matrix that, you know, it's safe to confide in people that, you know, people want to be there for them and that they want to support them. They're going to approach those kinds of conversations with a much calmer kind of air. And it's time with Saturn and Aquarius to become accountable, to become responsible. These are Saturn kind of words for our thoughts and for the entire thought matrices that we build. Um, And I think that this is something that I really connect with this correlation between the teachings around karma and Saturn, where the past and the accumulated circumstances of the past crystallize into certain forms. So our, our laws or social norms, they aren't just things that happened and are a reflection of the now they are the accumulated, um, result of the past, just like some of your patterns, your personal patterns are the accumulated patterns of your ancestors decisions that you have, you know, inherited, um, your soul chose to be born into however you want to look at it and, you know, or your own personal habits, they were built up over time. And, we talk about that with Saturn. Like that's just, you know, the nature of this reality, um, the density of this plane that we don't live in a universe where, I mean, I think there's other areas in the universe, uh, that are like this, but on earth, the things that we think don't necessarily manifest right away. We might be pretty, um, Like at certain levels of playing with manifestation, getting really clear about our frequencies, we can become more instantaneous and more instantaneously magnetic. But a lot of the time, things don't manifest instantly. Um, They take time. So when we're thinking about um, building a life, it's like we think about what are we doing every day, day in and day out? And how does that add up over time? Now, if we look at it with Aquarius, it's like, what are your mental frequencies? Adding up to over time. And this is an area um, that, you know, I think it's a choice to take responsibility for it because it's not a simple black and white thing of like you manifest your entire reality, uh, social constructs, you know, social reality doesn't exist. It's all a figment, like I'm not that far. But a sense of what are you responsible for creating in your life based on the things that you think and the things that you believe. And if we talk about manifestation teachings, um, law of attraction, Abraham Hicks, things like that, there's a really similar concept to Saturn and karma, which is that things um, that we think about repetitively or the places that we put our attention repetitively, you know, that's what grows. That's what we give life to. So Saturn and Aquarius is a great time to become more aware, more invested, more responsible for how we are creating, how we are building and constructing reality conceptually and the real consequences that these quote abstract concepts actually have. Saturn and Aquarius also relates to social networks and friends. And it can be the, the hardship Saturn of these things, feeling isolated, feeling lonely, um, having a hard time building good friendships, you know, um, for whatever, you know, what, what are your hang ups around friends and socializing? This might be a time to become, uh, more cognizant of that and to work on it. Um, I also think of quality connection with Saturn and Aquarius, like Saturn, um, Saturn is about, you know, standards. And so on the one hand, we can be so closed off, um, Saturn and Aquarius. It's like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't need no, like, I don't need any new friends, like that kind of thing. Um, but it can also be like, you know, I don't really feel, a deep connection or sense of belonging here—it's not authentic for me anymore. And actually, being honest about that—and it's tricky sometimes because, um, yeah, it—it's um, it it requires pause and reflection and contemplation sometimes. Sometimes we just know. Um, Saturn and Aquarius also makes me think of the, not just kind of like spontaneous networking that, um, you know, you go out and you just like meet randos essentially. Um, but the networking opportunities that actually have been built years in the making, like you have, um, friends that you've been friends with for years and they don't know each other. And you're like, they should meet, you know, or someone in your life is like, you really should meet this person and you trust that person's judgment. And it's this amazing connection. Um, I actually really like to do this. I am kind of like a one-on-one person in a lot of ways. Like I, um, I mean, I do have friend groups. That's not totally, but I do have these connections where it's like, they are it's kind of like a solo thing, but I'll be friends with people for a long time and realize like these, like all my friends should be friends with each other. Right. And, um, it's cool to kind of one kind of create those connections, but also be on the receiving end of it. So I really know the difference too, when it's like, the sense of coming recommended, <laughs> like you enter into a space and it's like, you've been spoken up so highly, you've been introduced to these people by someone you've known for years, like quality networking that has taken time. And this might be something that if you've already put the years of building quality connections, um, you've been in that space and, you know, to build quality connections, we have to know who we are. We have to be authentic. Um, part of the Aquarian path is like learning how to be weird. Like if you are weird, if you're not conventional, letting yourself be seen so that you can send your signal out and meet like minded people. Otherwise, you know, you're trying kind of hard to like fit in and be normal and not be too weird and costing yourself real connection. So wherever we're at, like we may have had years of kind of like building these friendships Saturn and Aquarius can still bring hardship there, even if these things have been years in the making, or it can bring kind of like a harvest or a sense of reward. If we don't feel like we have this positive network and we feel pretty alone and isolated, this could be a time to think about um, what's in our agency, what's in our power to build more of a social connection, um, more of a community. And I don't have quick answers for that, but thinking about, you know, if that's something that is coming up for you, what is bringing that into prayer space? What do I need to do? What do I need to know? Who do I need to become to become this good friend or to create long lasting connections in my life? Saturn and Aquarius makes me think of group or community containers that have like a quality, um, quality to them or like an excellent circle builder. So, you know, the feeling when you're in a group and the group feels kind of leaky, like there's not like a very clear agenda or a clear, um, cohesion in the group, um, where it feels like, you know, there's people in the group that just like kind of take over and talk too much. And it just doesn't feel like there's like really like a a space being held versus a group where it's like electric lit, there's a cohesion. Um, there's like really kind of like a ritualistic or kind of magical connective mood. And to me that you know, comes down to the art of facilitation. And we think of Saturn in a variety of ways. Saturn can be this oppressive tyrant kind of figure who's just kind of like laying down all this thick gravity and just obstruction and blockages, right? We can also think about Saturn um, as a facilitator or those kind of structures that we need to create certain kinds of experiences, So we may have different experiences of Saturn in different areas of our life, but when it comes to community or comes to like circle or people coming together, imagine, you know, this high art, this high technology of facilitation that creates this kind of sparkling group atmosphere. This is something, you know, because I create circles and, you know, teach courses, I really study like different circles that I'm a part of. I take careful note of what I like and what I don't like. Um, so that I can emulate that in my own circles, um, classes that I've had in grad school where like everyone loved each other and it was just the most epic experience. (laughs) I took extra careful note of what was about, you know, what was it about the facility or the facilitation that allowed for those things to occur? Um, Saturn in Aquarius can relate to hardships in friendships or in community. So falling out of friendships, breakdowns in friendships, the realization of not belonging, like not resonating with a group of people anymore, um, as well as the increasing levels of dysfunction that crop up when we um, we just try to stay and be stagnant, um, like we really want it to work, but it's not true for us anymore. Or it could also be the um, the repair and the learning, the maturity of how to um, repair ruptures in friendships or in community. Um, it could be a variety of these things. It's going to really depend on the situation and the consciousness levels of people involved, as well as the karmic contracts, you know, are these friendships or group relationships really over? Is it really time to move on? Or is it a breakdown breakthrough kind of situation? Saturn and Aquarius is also the work of individuation. Um, There's a quote from Martin Shaw that I like for this where he says after the experience of any kind of soulful awakening comes the task of developing a daily unglamorous defined practice to travel back and forth to the kind of perception that you want to inhabit. After the experience of any kind of soulful awakening comes the task of developing a daily unglamorous defined practice to travel back and forth to the kind of perception that you want to inhabit. So this is something I just want to share a, um, a, like a talk description that I gave on Saturn and Aquarius because I, uh, it just fits. (laughs) So, um, it's actually, this talk is available. It's in a resource library that I have for people who review magic of the spheres podcast. So this talk is available through that route. Um, and if you listen to the podcast, you'll, you'll hear the instructions for that. The discipline that Saturn in Aquarius represents could be one of the vibrational, could be one of vibrational discipline, choosing to remember that strike of lightning, that epiphany, the jolt of happiness after years of depression, the way it felt to fall in love, any heightened experience, and to weave it into normal reality as if to bring Prometheus's fire down to one's mundane everyday existence. Saturn is seen as the status quo but remember the status quo has always been invented and dreamt up before it was real. Often awakening is seen through the lens of leaving Saturn's conditioned world. We move beyond conventional ways of being and into something beyond. Yet many recent spiritual teachings about manifestation or quote, creating your own reality, have deep parallels with Saturn, a planet which is among other things about karma and the process of materialization over time. Saturn in Aquarius calls for a deconditioned awareness of Saturn and greater intellectual mastery in working with this archetype. If an awakening is to be sustained and integrated into one's life, working with the threads of reality that Saturn represents is essentially required. In this talk, we will explore how Saturn can be an ally in awakening and then, importantly, sustaining awakening. So, just to expand on that a little bit, um, peak experience. So a a psychedelic experience, perhaps, or going to a festival and having like the most fun that you've had in years, or, um, you know, any of those things where you're really just having a peak experience, however you got there. Um, that kind of strike of lightning often has us reassess our normal everyday life because it feels too, there's a fallen feeling, and like, how can I go back to reality? Um, the way it was before, you know, it could be a Kundalini awakening, a sexual awakening. It could be, um, really feeling in love or really feeling erotic passion for the first time in your life. And you're like, okay, everything in my life changes now. And it isn't just through stimulating that high over and over again through that same route, like doing the drugs, uh, the psychedelics or going to festivals. Um, because in reality, it's not necessarily those things that we, we get to do every single day. Um, but there are certain things that we can do every single day, like hone our perception, journal, reflect on what we're grateful for, like really make a practice of, enjoying what our reality already is like a pleasure practice, um, meditation, like what is it that you, you sustain to more regularly inhabit that magical perception that came to you as a strike of lightning. Um, this is important. And I think that, um, it's very, it can be very challenging and it can feel, um, it can feel depressing. To feel like we're just returning to life, you know, even just like after traveling or something and it's like back to reality, but no, not back to reality. It's a new reality and one that now we have to carefully build um, with this new awareness to sustain it. So Aquarius is um, electric, resonant, jarring. It can be shocking. It's exciting. Um, Saturn standardizes, it makes real, concretizes and crystallizes. So having a practice of sustaining your excitement. And I, you know, like, how do you, how do you feel more excited about your life? You know, like this is something that either you already have that personality, like you're just an excitable person. And I know, you know, Sagittarius is out there. I've met you, <laughs> like you're already excited. You're already stoked. Um, but let's say, you know, that you, you aren't feeling that, like you feel this kind of dismalness um, or this kind of drudgery, then that's a mental habit too. And it's not just nothing outside of you. I'm sorry, it's going to come and save you and take you out of that. It's a practice of refining your, you know, thinking about what makes the earth, the ground fertile for that strike of lightning to come through. Um, It's kind of an abstract image, but thinking about like, how does your daily life become fertile for excitement, for magic, it's not just wishing for it to come from out there and kind of like kind of bring sparks to your life. It's like, what have you been doing every day? How do you cultivate a life such that you're more receptive to that electricity? You can conduct it. Um, How committed are we to the higher self or that deeper resonant truth within us? You know, Aquarius is a very electric archetype that relates to trauma. So I think of like the board game operation and that um, when you touch the metal part and that kind of jarring buzzing noise, like those nervy, loose nerve ending feelings that we have about negative things in our lives or traumas um, or something just being really off versus um, that like rolling body, you know, full body chills or tingling in your crown or just like, a resounding yes in your body, like those different ways that we are actually very electrical and we can experience frequencies and have, um, an understanding of these frequencies. So I think working with Aquarius is like getting really clear about your channel and how you tune your channel into particular things, um, how you have boundaries too, with your channel. Um, especially if you're, you know, like, I will never call myself an empath. Like, of course I'm empathic, but I think the whole empath culture is really obnoxious. To be honest, it's a lot of people acting like, Oh, like I'm such an empath. I can just feel everyone. Um, and it's like, well, have some boundaries, like feel it's great that you can feel, but, um, having all those feelings doesn't mean that you just get to, you know, not have boundaries and then whatever and mini rant. So, let's go on to um Uranus and Taurus. This one I actually have some personal stories. Um I hope you don't mind. It's related to somatic waking uh, awakening experiences, so body awakenings. And so personal stories um, for one, when Uranus entered Taurus the first time because it ingressed in 2018 and then um, retrograded back into Aries and then re-ingressed. But the very first time it ingressed, I was at the grocery store um, buying ingredients for a friend um, that I was making dinner for. And in the spice aisle, I had full body chills for like a minute. It was like this like Kundalini experience. Um And I just immediately was like, this is a Uranus and Taurus experience, like being at a grocery store, Taurus food, you know, it's just kind of basic. Like I'm just in front of these spices, but these spices are electric. Like they're so loud. They're talking to me. I'm getting chills, just looking at them. Um, and I did go on later this year to end up um, dating a chef, and I learned a lot about cooking. Um, I learned so much about spices. Um, my whole cooking life became upgraded. I learned just it was like a montage or like being in the Matrix and just downloading culinary education radically so quickly. Um, this person also told me that he would read cookbooks cover to cover when he was learning how to cook, and I'd never thought of that before. So I started doing that and that increased that kind of matrix feeling of just learning how to cook more. I completely like, I mean, I wouldn't say completely because I'm not like an expert in it, but I learned Ayurveda um, from Sahara Rose and from her cookbook and her podcast. Um, I'd never been able to understand Ayurveda, but she, um, you know, is this millennial who modernized it or speaks of it in a way that's just so understandable that it was like, I now know how to heat and cool my body with certain spices. Um, CC Sear of Abundant LA. And I created an Instagram challenge where we asked people to go outside every day for um, one lunar cycle and channel messages from the plants. Um, and it was a really cool experience. We had like 30 or 40 people doing that where we were going outside every day. Cece and I did it too. And we would talk to plants um and report back of like what you know what messages came through. So we also talked about, you know, how to do plant communication. Um, and one of my favorite things uh, that someone told me during this time was that, you know, when I pass by trees and the center divider on the freeway now, they feel more alive, like they have more personality. It's like, yeah, like these, the plant world is awake, you know, um, but it's us who may need to awaken to that aliveness. Um, I cut cane sugar completely out of my life. Um, That was a whole journey. Um, I made a Taurus friend who's an embodiment teacher and she taught me how to uh, play out emotions through my flesh. (laughs) So how to like embody and act out um, emotions that I'm feeling instead of just, you know, other ways that I would go about it normally could be more cerebral or more psychological, like trying to process things through my mind. Um, but she showed me this whole other way of embodiment. Um, I traded sessions with a personal trainer to help her develop her online brand. Um, and I had so many revolutions around body awareness, abdominal awareness, posture, like shoulder, upper body strength awareness. Um, and she also taught me about macro eating. So. Portioning certain um, foods, like certain you know protein carb ratios, two and a half to three hours apart, four times a day, and now like my blood sugar is regulated. I have energy throughout the day, and I used to be tired a lot, and I'm not anymore because of this new diet. So, all of these things to say, like these have all been soma somatic awakenings, and I feel really lit up by them, and I also you know, there was a process. Sometimes some of these things were years in the making of like, I've lived with dysregulated blood sugar my whole life and didn't even know about it. Or I had a sweet addiction for many years and couldn't figure it out or, um, you know, things like that, where it's like, these were slow embodied, you know, the earth element is, is a slower, slower one. And, What I, why I wanted to share those just to kind of give some examples, but also I think that when we think about Uranus and Taurus, we could certainly talk about a pandemic or about earth disasters or emergencies, because we're looking at shock change, Uranus and Taurus, which is an earth sign, um, or money stuff, traumatic money stuff. Uranus is a traumatic planet potentially. Or we could also intentionally invest and work on and participate. Money mindset, shifting our relationship with money and wealth, um, body technologies. So having some kind of change that we're midwifing around our experience with food or our experience with um. Just body awareness, whether that's like a fitness thing or maybe it's a pleasure thing or a feeling thing or feeling like we have more of a range of um, motion in our, in our body expression. Um, so these are all things that you can you know, think about where it's like, you can make choices to work with certain people, take classes. You can notice if someone comes into your life, um, like I had, you know, have these friends or dated someone who has this connection to the earth realm, to the body or to food in a way that you find inspiring. And you can really feel inspired uh, by that friendship. I have my cat outside so I can like see her out the window and she was just running. It's like, is she okay? So I got distracted. So some other things, you know, kundalini yoga, um, moving energy through the body, breath work, massage, there's all these different, you know, acupuncture, there's these different somatic modalities that you might feel revolutionize your life. I mean, if you've never gotten acupuncture before, Um, or you haven't done breath work before. Like that is like a Uranus and Taurus experience. Like it's impactful. Um, Blasting ruts. Uranus is an awakener planet and a disruptor and Taurus relates to our most embedded habits and routines. So we might contemplate how we disrupt the ruts that we have, um, where in life we feel stuck and what helps loosen this compact um, soil. Some of these disruptions are destabilizing in a way that we wouldn't like or prefer. Taurus is also where we get pretty cozy and set in our ways. So some forms of interruption to this particular kind of status quo could be very unearthing and destabilizing. Um, Even like moving, like moving homes is is like unpotting yourself as a plant and potting yourself somewhere else. It's very stressful. It's one of the highest stressors. Even if we have good coping skills, and everything's relatively smooth, moving is, um, just psychologically rated as a high stressor. Um, when the pandemic hit, which is a pretty Uranus and Taurus event, actually, like all of that rush to the supermarket to, um, buy and kind of stock, um, food and toilet paper. Right. Um, And it was a destabilizing event, still is, and then it became a new normal for a lot of people who had the ability, privilege, et cetera, to adapt. And Taurus does adapt and is very resilient. Um, It's not a sign that loves change, but it's also a sign that's very equipped to be resilient with it. We can upgrade what's basic. Taurus relates to basic stuff, okay? So basic needs, food, sleep, shelter, as well as sensuality, sexuality, and beauty as basic needs. We might think of these as luxury or extra elements of life, but for the Taurian or the Taurian dimension within ourselves, it's fundamental. Consider the awakening that women have when they are fully connected to their sexuality and their pleasure. It often feels like the truest thing. Uranus and Taurus can be a time to bring more excitement, aliveness, and revolution into the things that comprise the basics of our life. So food, breath, body awareness. Um, and food, you know, we we eat every day. And um, we all have a journey with food. Like because it's a basic part of our lives, you know, like we have different relationships. Some people are really happy with food. Um, Some people can eat whatever they want and it doesn't really show up on their body in any way in terms of fluctuations in weight or breakouts or anything. And some people really, you know, do have that feedback from their physical form about what they eat and that creates a whole thing. Um, So just thinking about like, our relationship with food, you know, it's a it's a big thing. It's pretty psychological. It's pretty deep. But food is also like we have to eat to live. So, um, it's one of those things that's basic but pretty all encompassing, pretty impactful. Um, pleasure in our relationship with pleasure, you know, it's something I think that there's a lot of messaging around that being extra or um, not something that there's a lot of education around. You know, one often has to seek it out. Um, But then, you know, how different is a life? How different is your experience of life when you have more fun, more joy and more pleasure in your body? Pretty basic, but also pretty revolutionary. So let's talk about the the collision or the bringing together of these two forces. We had Saturn and Aquarius, which is um, related to becoming more responsible for our mental frameworks. Um, it's related to friendships and networking and community and the devotion that we have to our excitement and our higher self. Uranus and Taurus is about basic revolution, um, revolutions around food, around um the body around pleasure, um, having a somatic awakening. So something that Saturn in Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus have in common through the lens of modern astrology and modern rulership specifically, um, is that you have Saturn, which rules an earth sign, Capricorn in an air sign and Uranus, which rules an air sign Aquarius and an earth sign Taurus. The rulerships are different in traditional astrology, which is why I made that, um, preface. So we have this earth-air connection, a connectivity between our mental and physical landscapes. Noticing where you see these connections. Feng Shui, the art of creating aligned spaces, comes to mind. You know, it's a a movement of items in physical space, but it creates an atmosphere or an ambiance, which is more airy. How does the space you cultivate, the food you eat, relate to your clarity of mind? Or how do the ideas that you entertain spark motivated change in your embodiment? Something, you know, we could think of pathways that start from either direction where you could have a, a clarity of mind or a shift in perception that changes through a new way of eating or a new way of being in your body. So body to mind, but you can also have, you know, like for me, for example, I've been cerebral and like a bookworm and whatever my whole life. Um, So a lot of my body awareness came second. And I've noticed that the deeper that I've gotten into my spiritual practices, um, the more my uh, awareness has changed. It's also impacted how I feel about food at a very visceral level, or how I um, relate with the earth element at a very visceral level. And um, it's like I'm, I'm thinking of the square and how there's these collision of forces. Where if you have like a cerebral intellectual awakening, it may change how you feel about earthy things and like your concrete kind of real life. Um, but if you have shifts in your concrete real life and it's going to shift things in your mind. So just being really aware of that mind-body corollary. The square is a confrontational aspect. So what are some tensions between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus? One thing that I want to bring up is just Saturn Aquari- or Saturn-Uranus in general um, relates to accelerated change so we have Uranus as an accelerator, an awakener, a disruptor, and Saturn is the status quo. So you can have something built and erected suddenly overnight, like a very quick construction. And you can also have quick deconstruction of something that felt very permanent. Becca Tarnas has used the example of the um, the iron curtain coming down and just how it seemed so solid, but it came down so suddenly. I also think a lot about, with Saturn Uranus, the 10 of Wands, and I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a tarot reader. I have only a personal relationship with it, but um, this card, 10 of Wands, from Liz Green's Mythic Tarot Desk comes to mind, where you have, um, it portrays a state of oppression This character in the card has achieved everything he has set out to do, yet at the end of the tale, he's a sad figure overburdened and weighed down with cares. Um, You know, something important about the creative imagination, it can no longer function when it has become trapped under the weight of worldly responsibilities. The hard lesson is learned by many people who set out to start a business or aim for creative success as time goes on and the business gets larger and more solid the excitement and enthusiasm that existed at first seems to vanish. So there's this kind of. Volatile power of the imagination that resists being captured in heavy and structured forms. Boredom and depression often often accompany the completion of a creative work. Thus, the imagination must have fresh pastures and the individual who, like the person on the card, clings too tightly to the form he or she has built may find a sense of oppression and exhaustion without apparent reason. In this case, it may be time to relinquish some of the safety and security so that the imagination can awaken again with a new idea, a new goal, and a new gamble. On a divinatory level, the Ten of Wands implies that the individual is overburdened and oppressed by having having taken on more than he or she can deal with. The imagination has been stifled by too many worldly concerns, and some of the youthful daring and willingness to take risks has been lost. Certain things may need to be relinquished so that the creative process can be refreshed and a new cycle may begin. So I think of that card because with Saturn Uranus, the structures that we build can be extreme. Like we can build something so massive that then the upkeep of it is oppressive. Um, and Saturn Uranus can be how we want to build a life that. The building of it is not so extreme that it becomes a burden, but building a life so that we build some freedom into it. Um, So thinking about, you know, these decisions that you make around your career or like the, the world that you built. And does it give you the space to feel free? That's like a balance that we have to figure out. Um, you know, speaking of like somatic shifts and another personal story, I used to get up early for years. Like I did Ashtanga yoga for three years and I really wanted to be a yogi. Um, but it just, I don't think my body really took to it. Um, it really just resulted in mysterious injury and back pain. Um, and Ashtanga yoga is pretty intense, but I woke up early I thought that I was like being so industrious to be up early, but I was actually tired a lot throughout the day. Um, and now at this point with my macro eating and I sleep nine hours a day, I have a lot of energy and I'm able to be productive, but I sleep in late, which is not the image that I had of a successful industrious person, but it is nice to build my own schedule to not be open to work with people until 11, 12, 1 PM, um, 11 AM to, to 1 PM. And to, you know, essentially build my own hours and get to sleep how much I want. Like that's been great. And also to free myself from that idea that being a successful person means that I get up at five 30 AM and do yoga first thing and do this whole thing that, you know, was very much, um, very wonderful at the time and like gave me a lot and was part of my path, but it was a burdensome um, schedule that I I gave myself. So some more things between these uh, Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus, some tensions. When we entertain troubling memories of the past or feel anxiety about the future, We feel physical chemistry in our bodies, in our now experience, as a result of abstract thinking. It makes the past or future all the more real and physical. This brings up the question of what technologies resource us to let go of pains of our past, to resolve them in ourselves and to clear them from our bodies. So many people who are on like a healing path, you know, are really trying to figure that out. And there's a degree to which we can be agents of the process and we can, you know, I'm really, um, I love EFT, um, tapping as a way to clear trauma from the body, Um, breath work, sometimes just having new experiences, like thinking about like what it is that you do to, to work with and address trauma. And also the knowledge that some of these things are timed like the body has an intelligence and we might have the willpower to move on um, or to heal really quickly or something and it doesn't necessarily have that timeline so working with that desire to make change but also coming up against those obstacles of it's five years and I'm still upset about this thing and I've processed it a lot still upset about it What can you do? You know, uh, but be humbled by that. And you know, another way of thinking about this physicality of thought, um, part of why I got so into things like law of attraction and manifestation was that I noticed that my thoughts created physical feelings in my body. So I could be anxious or I could be thinking things that felt really heavy, doling lead deadening kind of vibe um or i could come up with an idea that brought like you know parted the clouds and brought positive sensation to my body and i actually um became disciplined about my thinking over time to create new chemistry in my body like it was a personal experiment and one that you know i just had complete faith in and it really did change my life. It was like, it's miraculous to be like, I can actually create my own chemistry. So let me try it out. Um, On a similar, well, on a creative and generative note. So trauma healing can be more cutting and destructive in a positive way. Like I'm gonna clear these things or I'm gonna cut these cords, like that kind of energy. But what about building, the building side of Saturn? Um, The future can be visiting us and coming through the body. So think of the painter who sees a painting in a dream before they physically paint it, or the way an idea lands in you and you act on it. The air is ether, it's floating around, the earth is the body, the land, the ground, and the fertility or openness of the earth element relates to things growing. So how does your mind-body connection turn into becoming receptive for life to come through you? visions float through the ether and the awareness of our vessel who we are can help us know which ideas are for us to act on versus what ideas are out there for someone else you know if you if you have visionary stuff going on you can you'll dream up your own plans but you might also dream up things for you know that are just floating through and maybe aren't yours knowing that difference strengthening our channel, knowing who we are, being open to receive inspiration and making it real by giving it life. So when something does land in you and you're like, this is for me, it's like, what do you do to make the space in the physical plane for that thing? That could be time in your calendar. That could be the way that your room or your desk is arranged. If it's some kind of like a writing project is where my mind goes. Um, If you're an artist, like the construction of your studio, like these things that we do to create the space um, to be receptive to these visions coming through us. It's like. This has been a really big part of my 2020 is feeling into the way that creative visions um, actually, you know, come through the body and there's a gestation of working with that vision and then creating something and putting it out into the world. It's very birth-like. So just thinking about that as you, um, you know, for writing, for example, so many of the, these writing quotes influenced me when I was younger of professional writers talking about like, I don't write when I'm inspired. (laughs) Good thing I'm inspired like every day at noon, as in like, I have a practice and the writing comes through. So thinking about the things that you do concretely that make you as a vessel receptive to that inspiration, to that air element coming through. Or if you already have all the ideas and it's just kind of like bouncing around, what do you do to give them space to grow? There's a discomfort with these two um, squaring of adapting to change. Saturn Uranus can accelerate change and the reality of these changes What we think of as taking decades suddenly just accelerates. Things are built or break down quicker than normal. So, what makes us resilient in the face of this, and how do we adapt? Sometimes this may be wonderful, you know, like something that we want to come into form happening so suddenly. Other times, um, it's a lot more, you know, chaotic feeling or um, difficult, in which case, some of these. Somatic technologies around creating calm or creating balance or creating grounding in ourselves could be a pathway to resilience. So where do we dig our heels as well? We're looking at, you know, Uranus and Taurus and Saturn and Aquarius like they're in fixed signs, like change is happening, but there's also like a change happening in places where we do dig in our heels so, where do we say yes to progress? And where do we think progress is um, that change isn't necessarily progress? We're like, no, this is like this is core to me. This is what I I value and I'm going to defend its existence. That's like a way of digging in our heels. Definitely a theme at large for the collective, but in our personal lives, this can be present too. And On a similar note, are we willing to give up stories about ourselves and about life that keep us stuck, even if so much of our identity is built off of these stories? Like, are you stubborn? Are you stubbornly defending something that is keeping you not free? And why are you doing that? So that's what I have for you for the Saturn Uranus Square of 2021. It'll be a major influence of this whole year um so please let me know how it's reaching you in the comments um experiences that you've had i would love to hear um how you connect with all of this thank you for watching um do like this video and subscribe subscribe to my mailing list as well i share weekly forecasts every week about the quicker acting transits um, and i would love for you to be in my community um if you're new here and you just found me through This podcast or this um, YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I would love to hear your thoughts. If you take a screenshot of your review on Apple podcasts or iTunes, before you click submit and email that screenshot to me at Sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I will send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality that you may have heard me mention in this, uh, Saturn Uranus forecast. Leaving a review is a great way to support this podcast and it helps the podcast become more visible. People will find it when they're searching for podcasts or watching, listening to similar ones. Um, and of course, I also love it when you share the podcast with your friends, share the YouTube channel, share Monarch Astrology, whatever it is, however you're tuning into this work, when you share it with people. And when you leave a review, it does a lot to help the livelihood of these publications. So thank you for listening. Um, I hope that this helps you kind of visualize your 2021 intentions. Um, If you do New Year's resolutions, you know, somatic awakening awaits. All right. Stay magical. Much love.